0: I can honestly say I've never been introduced quite like that. That is awesome. Thanks to Sarah Rockow. My, my other name, besides Captain Hook, is uh, Brian Stainhook, and uh, yeah, thanks Sarah, awesome. Really nice to be with you, I'm, I'm, I'm excited about being here. I have uh, four children. And two of them are in college, one's a senior and one's a sophomore, and uh, so they're right where you are and uh, going through things, and so I just really count it a privilege to be here tonight. I'm actually on staff at Orchard Hill, part of the leadership team there, and um, yeah, super excited. So one of the things that I have been looking forward to tonight is that I haven't done this thing with a group for a long time, and you guys are just the perfect group, I'm convinced of this. So, so if you're game, I want to try something, Okay. So you have to be able to do four things. Let's see if you can do this. Okay. Everyone, can you, can you rub your hands together? Oh, okay, good. Can you snap your fingers? Can you slap your... Can you stomp your feet? Okay. Hey, we're in. Okay, we can do this. We can do this. So let me set the stage. One of the things that I loved as a kid is uh, at night, being in my bed with the windows open... When a, when a rain shower would come through, you know, it's something about that you'd hear the rain come and, and you'd hear that and you think, oh, I'm in my bed and I'm kind of safe and secure. Well, I want you to just kind of imagine, you know, the sp- spring is coming, okay? There's gonna be a shower, just all really quiet, okay? And so I'm gonna start over here, kind of follow my hand and follow my action. Just keep going until I, we switch, okay? So just be patient, but here, here we go. We're gonna start over here, okay? Keep going. Keep going. Come on. Okay. Keep Keep going. Keep going, keep going. Okay, stop your feet. Keep, keep, keep going, keep going, keep going. Cool. (laughs) Awesome. You guys are good. That was cool. I haven't done that for a long time. Way to go. Hey, tonight we are going to look at Scripture in Matthew uh, chapter 6 in just a moment. What I want to do tonight, and what I kind of imagine, is that we're going to look at a simple process to read Scripture and engage the Bible. So, I wanna talk about this four-step thing, a four-step process that we can to engage the Bible. It's very simple, okay? I know, I loved what Q had to say last week about this idea of divine reading, Lectio Divina, and uh, how how we can kind of let the scripture sort of come over us to be quiet and listen. And so part of this is that kind of thing, but it's maybe said in a different way. So we're gonna practice this. We're gonna kind of step through this tonight So the first step is simply praying, and I'm going to talk more about that in just a minute. Starting there, praying, and then we're going to read, okay, read the scripture. And uh, I know Q talked about different learning styles, and so however you read, you know, maybe it's uh, reading, maybe it's listening, maybe it's walking and listening or something like that, the kinesthetic learner or the audio learner, whatever kind of learner, and then reflecting, taking time, time and space for God, okay, okay? That is critical. It seems like whenever we create time and space, and we invite God into that, He shows up, and He speaks, and we can hear. And that's that's an amazing thing that we get to do. And then the last thing is simply to respond. So we pray, we read, we reflect, and we respond. And so we're gonna kinda do that tonight, but before we begin, here I wanna ask you a question, okay? And the question is this. What is it that you came in, some worry or stress that you're carrying with you tonight? Okay? So if we can, I'd love to get some feedback, if you don't mind. What kind of worry, what kind of stress are you carrying with you this evening? Don't be shy. Raise your hand if you got something. It's okay. Yeah. Right up here. Dance marathon, okay. Just being able to survive, or what, what's kind of the stress? Are you organizing this, or? Um, I'm an organizer for it, so it's next weekend, and so it's just getting crunch time. And okay, crunch time. Good, okay, yeah, right up here. Finances. Finances. You're college students. You got all the money in the world, right? No. no. Yeah. How many else? How many? Some of you other might might identify with that. Yeah. Yeah. I've got to teach next week at Basic. Okay. Which means I have to follow that silly rain thing, and I've got no idea what I'm going (laughs) to (laughs) do. Yes, Mickey. Teach. Stressful. Yes, one right here. Um, Fundraising for Haiti for spring break. Fundraising, okay. Okay. I see a hand in the back. Okay. Um, I'm a senior this year, so the future freaks me out, so I'm a little bit worried about that. Anybody else on that one? Kind of trying to figure out, yeah. That's huge. That's good. Uh, job interviews. Job. Job interviews. Anybody else think's f- facing that, one? yeah. What's next? Uh my boyfriend lives a few hours away, and so managing that relationship with all the really tight ones I have here is real difficult. Mm. Yeah, managing relationships. That's great. Yeah. Well, oh, there's no tension there, right? Um I would say like self stuff, like being good enough and self-worth and all those things. Self-worth. Mm-hmm. Okay. All kinds of things, yeah. Mid-term. Midterms, okay. You know, I just came, I came from Waverly before I came here, and um, meeting with a family and a whole bunch of friends, actually. Their son, just this week, was having severe seizures and was in a coma at Mayo. I think there's a little worry and stress there. Yeah, huge. Anybody facing illness or health issues? Maybe? Yeah, some? Yeah. Anybody else? Am I speaking? Mm-hmm. I, have, I have two answers, um, grad school interviews and finding an adult job hmm. and graduating college forever. So kind of the future, what's next? What's next for me? No no roommate issues for you guys? You guys got perfect roommates? <laughs> All right, yeah. Yeah, yeah, right here. Absolutely. <laughs> That's good. You know, one of the things, one of the things that uh, when I went to college, uh, my parents didn't go to college, and so, they, they, had, they did the best they could, but they really couldn't prepare me for college. But one thing that I kept hearing all the time was this, this idea that, oh, those are the best years of your life. It's going to be so fun. It's awesome. You know what, what I found? Man, it was hard. And I was stressed out. In fact, I wanted to end it. I mean, I was ready to go home. Anybody been there? Yeah. So... I understand this. So all of this and whatever else that goes unsaid, let me just say this. Jesus has a good word for you. Jesus wants to speak into that. In fact, one of the things I'm convinced that the creator of the heavens and the earth, the one who knew you by name before you were born, wants to speak to you. That's an amazing thing. And, and so, when we engage the scripture, one of the things I want to encourage you and me, and for all of us to do, is to come with that kind of attitude and believe that the God of the universe wants to speak. He wants to say something, He wants to whisper in your ear. He wants to say, It's okay. I'm with you. It's powerful. So I want to pray, okay? And then we're going to read Scripture together. Let's pray. Father, for all these concerns, for all this uncertainty, I know that you have a good word. Speak to us now, I pray. And help us to listen. And help us to respond to you in faith. I pray that in Jesus' name. And all God's people say, Amen. Okay. So we come with a spirit of humility, we come with a sense and expectation that God wants to speak to us. Then we get to open up the scripture. The amazing thing about reading the Bible is sometimes this thing reads us. And it kind of points things out. You know what that is? That's the Holy Spirit. That's God kind of working his way into us and saying, I'm here. I want you to pay attention. So let's read with the expectation that God wants to speak to us and whatever it is up here, He wants to speak about that, okay? This is from the Sermon on the Mount. Starting at uh, verse 25 in chapter six. Jesus says, therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. For tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Some good words. Now what I like to do, and I, I'm going to maybe try to get you inside of my head when I'm thinking about Scripture, okay? So now we've read it, we've prayed, and now we've read it. Now, now let's reflect a little bit, okay? What is trying to be said? What, what is God trying to say? So one of the ways that I like to reflect is, first of all, it's like, it's like a camera lens, and I want to be on a wide angle. I want to kind of take, take a, a, a Google Earth view just for a second. I want to remind myself of the context of what's being said. Now, you remember, Jesus, this is part of the Sermon on the Mount, so these are Jesus' words. He's teaching a group of disciples kind of like you all, and he's up on a mountainside, and he's sitting there. He's going into this, this teaching. That's the context. And he's and he's in, it's in written by, compiled by the, um, the writer Matthew, in that gospel. So I kind of just want to remind myself the context of that. Who's speaking? Who wrote the book? What was the purpose of the book? How can I think about this? Okay. And then I'm looking, kind of, then I'm kind of turning my, my lens down and I'm focusing in, and I'm starting to look for some golden nuggets. Okay? I want to dig in a little bit. I want to think about what are the words or phrases or things that that jump out to me. So, for instance, verse 25, the very first word, therefore. Now, whenever you're reading the Bible, I think you always should ask yourself this, what is therefore, therefore? It's a great question. For those of you who teach English, or you know, are getting, right, or maybe you're writing majors or whatever, um, you know that "therefore" is a summary statement or a conclusion. So, I read that and go, "Huh, Jesus is concluding something." So maybe I need to back up and take a look at what he's saying before then. So maybe it will help me to understand what he's really saying if I read what's just before that's context. So, let's read just what's before. What is Jesus saying? He said, do not store for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and vermin destroy, where thieves break in and steal, but store for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy, where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart is also. The eye of the lamp of the... The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. And so here Jesus is saying these two things well, you can pursue earthly treasure or heavenly treasure. Your eyes can be focused on things that are healthy and good, or they can be focused on things that bring death and darkness. You can serve God, or you can serve money. He's sort of laying out these choices. It's like these two ways to live, if you will. You can choose earthly ways, or you can choose my way. And then he says, Therefore, So he's assuming something. Give up those earthly things. Don't worry about that stuff. Don't worry about your body. Don't worry about that earthly stuff. Because you know what? I got your back. Don't worry. You know, so something about Knowing the context helps me understand the meaning of what Jesus is saying. And I think what he's saying is, what are you really pursuing? Don't worry about that stuff that doesn't bring life. Don't worry about that stuff that, that will end the minute you die. Don't worry about that stuff. You know, when I was a young pastor, um, I got to meet this, this guy, he was probably about 40 at the time, and uh, he was wildly successful. In fact, he managed a, one of the largest car dealerships in Fort Wayne, Indiana. And it was part of a larger group of, of dealerships. It was a Toyota Lexus dealership. And he answered to the CEO, the, the owner of the company. And so he was into money and power. The scorecard of his life was money and power. The problem was that he had already gone through one marriage, and he was almost through the second one. That's when he came to see me. And, uh, you know, we, we talked. And we had this conversation. And, you know, the reality was he was pursuing things. His scorecard for life about what was success was all about earthly treasure. It was all about other stuff. And so we began talking about, what's your scorecard? What's really your pursuit of what you think life should be like and successful life should be like? And over time, he literally lost his job. He nearly lost his marriage. And in that moment, he finally surrendered. And he began sort of seeking out and understanding, you know what, I'm not to worry about all that stuff. I'm to seek first the kingdom of God. That's the first thing I need to do. And you know, it's a double deal. That's what Jesus says. I seek first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added unto me. He'll take care of me. Wow. And so he began shifting his sort of attitude and the way he began to live his life. And you know, as, as God would have it, almost a year later, God gave him his job back the very job that he'd lost, and he was a whole different kind of person. He was learning what it meant to be a follower of Jesus. Don't not worried. So, worries about what are you concerning yourself with? Worries also has something to do with distraction, I think. So another nugget. Okay. So in there it says, "Do not worry about your life or what you will eat." Or about your, and it goes on to say that. Well. Being being kind of a Bible nerd, I looked up this word for worry. Now you, you maybe won't get it in English right away, but in the Greek, in the original language, that word's only used a few times in the New Testament. It's used in another story of Jesus in Luke at the home of Mary and Martha. Martha was distracted, distracted. That's the word by all the preparations that had to be made. Worry has something to be about distraction in it. When we're worried, we're distracted. Because we're thinking about all these things. Are we really thinking about what really is God? God things. Let me just give you an example, okay? Maybe, in fact, he goes on. How many of you know that worry, anybody but he said, can you, any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? Worry is distracted thinking. About a few months ago, um, a friend of mine said something to me, and it really offended me. I got to tell you. And I kind of carried it around for the longest time. You know how you've done that? I don't know, have you ever done that? Kind of carried around, you start thinking of devious ways to hurt your friend? I literally started losing sleep about this. You know, it was one of those, those things, I'm like, what did he say? I want to smack him right now. And I would just kept running it over in my mind. And for almost two months, I kind of let this thing go on and on. And finally, we're having a meeting and and I confronted him on it. I said, Hey, you said this to me. And he's like, What? You know, the funny thing is, he didn't even remember saying it. I spent all of these hours being distracted, thinking about what he said and feeling offended by it, when in reality, if I would have just done what Jesus said to do, which is go to your brother or your sister. Find out from them. Tell them. Say, hey, you said this and this hurt. Can you explain? Oh, I didn't mean that. If I would have just done that right away, wow, what would that be like for a roommate conversation or a boyfriend-girlfriend conversation? Are we distracted? Are we worrying about the right things or the wrong things? Hmm. So there's this golden nugget that worry is kind of about what are we pursuing? Is it the right pursuit? Worry is about distraction. But then he says something else, okay? He says, do not worry. In fact, what I want you to do is this. Look at the birds of the, of the air. Look at the flowers in the field. The God of the universe created them and he created you. Don't you think he cares more for you? Do not worry. So how can we overcome worry? In verse 33, he says this, but seek. There's, there's another sort of golden word. Therefore and buts. You want to look for therefore and buts when you're reading the Bible. Big butts, (laughs) okay? Big butts have big meaning. And that's exactly what he says. He says, but seek first the kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you. So in other words, he tells us how to overcome our worry. Rather than focusing on ourselves and the things that we're about or focusing on distracting things or things that won't last, turn your eyes towards me and towards the things that I am concerned about. In other words, turn your eyes away from. Which reminded me of another passage in Philippians 4. So Jesus kind of is talking about this, but the Apostle Paul also talks about anxiousness and worry. He says, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God and the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. That's pretty amazing. So, how do we overcome worry? We pursue, we look at, we pursue the things of God, but then Paul's saying, he's sort of this other thing, Invite God into it. Pray about it. Invite him in. In fact, present your requests to him. Present your petitions to him. I have a great God story. My daughter is a senior at Northwestern College. Like some of you, she has been totally stressed out about her future. And uh, I remember having a conversation at Christmas. We're going through this, and she's going, she's in tears, literally. Go, I don't know what to do. She's a writing and rhetoric major. Boy, that translates into some good jobs, right? It can. What? Uh, You know, what? With a Middle Eastern studies minor and a religion minor. So she's thinking, wow, what am I going to do? So she is in tears about this. And so finally I said, okay, what would you like to do? Well, I think I'd like to just have a job for a while and get some work and maybe go to grad school at some point. And so we began writing some things down. So I said, would you like to be where you are or would you like to go somewhere else? Well, eventually she'd like to, to go, travel. I think she'd like to be overseas. I think God is maybe calling her to missions, but that's for another time we started making a list of some people that we knew and some friends that I knew that might help her. And so one of the friends was Stan, Stan Spear. He's a president of, of a pretty good-sized bank in northwest Iowa. And I said, why don't you contact these people? And so she did. And so we, then we, we started praying. We said, okay, let's pray about this. Let's, let's invite God into this. Ask him to help us and I'm gonna be praying for you, and, and if you will take some steps, I think God's gonna you know, open up some avenues. Well, so, you know, nothing. Nothing was happening, nothing was going on. Well, finally, Stan, or she contacted Stan. Stan emails him right back. Hey, why don't you come in for an interview? We don't even have a position, but we wanna to talk to you. Oh, okay. So she did. You know what, yesterday she called me. She had a real job offer working in the marketing department of this bank. And she was just giddy. And I was going, praise God, from whom all blessings flow. She got a job. (laughs) It's amazing. You know, God has this amazing way of just kind of working things out if we're willing to invite him in. Do not worry. In fact, he goes on to say, Do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Seek first his kingdom. So seek first. Invite him in. Invite him in. Here's what I want us to do. So that's kind of my little reflection, okay, on this passage. But one more step would be for me to respond, not just think about it, but say, okay, how can, how can I now seek first the kingdom of God and overcome my worry? What would it mean for me to seek first the kingdom of God? Would I have to be reconciled to a friend? Would I need to get, you know, come clean and say, you know what, I, I really messed up on this assignment. I need to get, off. I need to get after it now. Or would it mean that I need to take my eyes off of whatever I'm feeding my soul and put it on healthy things? What would it be? What would it be for you? As we close tonight, I want us just to kind of reflect on that. So in this time of reflection, okay, I want you to just invite God in and say what is it you're pressing on me what are you saying to me what is it that I need to do in order to seek first the kingdom of God okay can you just close your eyes just for a moment whatever it is that God is maybe saying to you why don't you have a conversation with him about that Now do me a favor, take your hands and maybe lay them on your lap, open-palmed. And now why don't you clench them, okay? Just in the quiet few moments here, would you slowly sort of let go of your hands and open up your palms and let go of your worry? Whatever it is, whatever it is that's dragging you down, whatever it is that's heavy on your heart, whatever it is that's got you stressed out and maybe thinking about and distracted from the things of God, just one by one, just let them go so you're, you're open-palmed, releasing them to the Lord. Father, thank you. Thank you that you are God who longs to speak to us. You are God who wants to whisper in our ear. You want to claim us as your child. God, I know that there's lots of concern. There's lots of anxious thoughts. I know that there's a lot of stress. Maybe it's relational stress. Maybe it's um, pressure with home or finances or academics. God, in the midst of that, would you just speak your word of grace and love to each one here? May they know that that they are in your hands. May each one, each one of us, Lord. Help us not to worry, but to pursue the things that you would have us pursue. And in so pursuing, Lord, provide for us in every way.